Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. I am your host, Michael Brooks. We are the internet talk show that focuses on the hard-won lessons that entrepreneurs and business owners develop and to create angles and edges that you can use, which we're going to share with you now. Uh, we've got a very exciting guest, a man who's been on over 800 podcasts, so he has quite a bit to say, and he's very interesting. Uh, Stephen, thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, how you got there, and prep us for the angles and edges you're going to provide to help entrepreneurs and business owners succeed? Well, uh, yeah, sure. And I, I don't mean to correct you right from the very beginning, but I've I've hosted 800 podcasts. I so, apologize. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've been on a number of podcasts as well. So Hosted 800. I've hosted 800 podcasts. I've been okay. doing it for six years. Yeah. So I do That's two amazing. different shows. Yeah, it's fun. So over the last 30 plus years, I've built seven companies. They've been in the revenue range of between 5 million to 25 million. Right now I own three companies. Two of them are 25 million and the other one is uh, really more just commercial real estate. And two companies have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. So I've been at this for a while. Certainly I love building companies. So uh, what what kind of companies? Well, I mean, my first business was um, digital printing 35 years ago. Um, my second business was um, IT staffing um, and uh, placing really high-end consultants into Fortune 500 companies. That was a great company. And then I had a, an, um, a travel nurse staffing company that placed nurses at hospitals throughout the United States. Then I had... Um, uh, credentialing software to help uh, companies uh, keep their employees' credentials up to date, commercial real estate, which is another company. And then now I have um, uh, financing solutions, which provides business lines of credit to other businesses. And then I have another company called Elite Funeral Funding, which buys life insurance policies for, for people when their family members pass away so that the family doesn't have to wait 45 days to get paid. So textbook definition of serial entrepreneur, lots of successes. I imagine there's some failures in there. Um, no, <laughs> unfortunately. Never failed? My definition of failure in a business is, did it lose your money? You know, okay. it, you know. so everybody who's an entrepreneur, they want to stay an entrepreneur in most cases. Although I do have a number of friends who were, you know, very successful entrepreneurs and everyone thinks, oh, an entrepreneur can't go work for somebody. And I... I honestly haven't seen that. Yeah, definitely. I've I've learned had lessons that I've learned, but never such a big failure that I've lost money. Well, kudos. I think you're you're doing a lot better than most. Um, I've definitely have. I've done deals where and bu built businesses where they just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've had some good success also. So uh, I probably have learned more. From the failures than I have successes, but well, that's, uh, sure, that's what everybody says. It happens, and it's really true. You know, what do you learn from a success? Well, sometimes you can learn from a success, and that you re it's repeatable, right? And I, I mean, I sure. think I've seen that in the in the seven businesses I've been involved in. I'm just, you know, I've always been very careful about watching the downside. That is a repeatable lesson that you look at all the businesses. I know I don't just chunk down. Here's a lot of your money. Your approach, your approach to pragmatism really I think is sounds very disciplined. Right? Very disciplined approach. A lot of people are just 
you know, they get an idea and they just charge and they don't necessarily have the right direction or um, they don't right know what they're doing, but they're going and trying to figure it out and they kind of fail their way up or they fail their way down or restart or, or go up and down. But so with all these businesses that you've started and all the and run and all the success you've had, what angles, what edges have you used? What, what different have you used than everybody else to help yourself stay successful and avoid failure? So I'll give you a story. I, was, I, I took up five years ago competitive rowing, and this is rowing on water. I'm out on the water today. And what happened was I switched for personal reasons from a, a, an eight-man crew and a four-man crew to a single skull. So that's just one, just me in a boat, and I'm competitively racing now. But last year was my first year, um, in essence, in a skull. And so I said, last year, I said, my goal is to get comfortable in the boat. For those of, who, those of you who have never tried it, um, the skull is only as big as your head hips. And so without the oars, you are going to fall in. And even with the oars, you are going to fall in the water if you are not technically proficient. So um, last year I said, okay, I am going to, my my theme for this last year was, um, 2022, was to be comfortable in the boat, right? And this year, my theme is to race and see if I like it. So that's the theme this year. And so when I was on the water, I was thinking about, okay, how does this apply to scaling, scaling your business? And so the first thing that I, I've learned is the idea of you have to get out there and prove your concept. And so if you have a service or a, um, a product business, the proof of concept is, is somebody willing to pay for what you do? You can use some maybe some lead generation systems that are out there that will generate leads to you. You can go on paid for search with Google and test some strategies to see when people come to you. You know, that's a good way of doing it. But, you know, that's really, it falls into my, my next scaling project. And that is, it, but it fits into the first idea of proof of concept. And that is, are you able to generate leads and land clients that are profitable for you? My 95% of what I do for my companies is come up with lead generation ideas. So old school marketing, but I call it lead generation. And that is if you can't, you could have the best product and the best service in the world, but if you can't keep people coming to you, clients coming to you, then you 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 don't have you don't have a business and most people forget how important marketing and lead generation is and those two things proof of concept and lead generation go hand in hand and i think people are very late to the table when they start their business and thinking about these things it's overlooked it's overlooked a lot i mean people have the if you build it they will come kind of mentality they do it's yeah. not it's not there so I imagine there's lots of proof of concepts on once you prove that a customer has an appetite for your product then or service, then it's proving different lead generation and marketing strategies and sales yep. and conversion strategies. Yep. And that 
And that's uh, so that's where you that's where you go. That's your angle and edge market. Well, yeah, but then and then comes the next part, and that is pivoting, right? And that is pivoting. Certainly, is the idea that you learn something and you tweak your product or service based on what you learned. Client said something, or prospect said something, um, or maybe you don't get any customers. And you're like, okay, I need to make a change. An idea for a successful pivot, it's like this big light that goes on. It's like, oh, look, look at this. And what happens is business should get easier when you do a pivot that works. Now, certainly you have to give it time, but and you have to use your intuition. But you know, very rarely will business stay the same. And you have How to do you keep- identify these pivots How when you're that- not. When you're not making money. <laughs> when you're not making money, you try something yeah, new. You do. Yeah, and then yeah. when you figure out it works, you, you, you stick you, with you, it. You pivot. And what I'm trying to illustrate to or to tell your audience is get ahead of the game now. Listen to what I'm saying. And if you're starting your business right now and you haven't done proof of concept, that is the first thing that you need to do. I consider the time out on the water in the skull preparing also. Well, yeah, I, I came up with the first because you know what I I thought I was out there and I'm like trying to you know refigure my life out. I'm honestly my my wife passed away uh, two years ago and uh, and I'm sorry. Thank you. You know, talking about um, you know, I, this is going to sound weird, but you know, building seven companies and having to you know go through that over thirty plus years has allowed me to handle this situation. Um, Better than most. Well, when did you get married? Uh, I got married uh, uh, 28 years ago, uh, and I knew I knew Gina for uh, five, uh, four years before we got married. So, how did that impact everything else? I mean, did you like some people, entrepreneurs? They go through loss. Business owners, they go through loss. If you if you have a job and you go through a loss, you don't show up for work. If you're having so many people depend on you, how do you deal with the grief? But then also somehow push through and 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 meet the requirement. Mean, you just like rely on your partners like that. That's a terribly difficult, complex. I mean, you have so many commitments as a business owner, right? But I mean, when you go through that type of my mom's written three books on grief. She's like, people go through grief. It's it's like you can't even get out of bed. The the pain of it is so much. How how, can, how do you push yourself? How did you? If if you're comfortable talking about it, how did you how did you deal with the 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 business obligations that you were required of you while dealing with such immense pain? Well, it's it's um it's a very complicated question question and answer that would take days to an, to answer fully. The first thing is I'm my I have um, a good net worth. Number two is I have an incredible business partner. Number three is I have businesses that run on their own. And so when when she passed away, I basically didn't work for six months. Think about it this way. I mean, I, you should be building your business so that when someone buys your business, you do not need to be there. How do you build a business so that you can do that, what you just said. Yeah. So that's, how do that's you a, structure the, yeah. your your entire environment? Because it, it it sounds good in theory and it sounds simple, but
but it sounds like there's a, but I believe there's lots of complexities to that and, and ways of setting things up so that you're not hyper-focused living in the business. Well, I mean, I, I would actually disagree with you, Mike. I would tell you that it's not difficult. People make it difficult. What I find with a lot of small businesses, the entrepreneur is a control freak. And that's your surefire way to stay a small business. So, you know, the fourth step in scaling a business is building best practices and using really good technology. You have to document the best way of getting things done so that you can give it to people that, that work for you. And so they have a guideline. And then you, here's the nothing, another important part. You need to inspect their work for a while. And that's how you do it. You, you don't do everything yourself. You have people who are doing it the way you would do it. And then also, as it continues to go along, you give them the trust to get the job done. And that really gets me to the next five, the next, the fifth part of scaling. And that is hiring, developing, and keeping your people. Okay. It took me 10 years to figure out how to hire, to how to develop, and how to keep talented people. And Any nuggets in there, anything, any just things that people absolutely know need to know when going through that hiring, well, keeping and developing people? Yeah, I think there's two things. One is you are never going to be able to, if you give, if you use the excuse that, um, uh, well, I need to either, I need to pay people a lot or I can't compete because I can't pay, pay them enough. You, you are completely wrong. You should uh, you should you should be able to bring people in, and I'm going to get to the second part in a second. But bring people in and dev- to, and train them, develop them, and keep them. If you hire the right people in the beginning, it's so much easier to manage them. And but, but by the way, you better have your act together on the business side too. So in other words, you better know your mission. You better know your core values for the company. You know, these were all things that I had in place before I made my first hire on the third company. I was like, this is what we do. You know, this is how we're going to do it. This is the culture we have. Because the number one thing I looked for, when, one of the things, but number one was I wanted people who cared about results. They really cared about results. The right people for your companies were results-focused people. They were, because that's the culture of a company is often defined by the personality of the owner. I, I would tell you I got pretty good at hiring people. My turnover, by the way, turnover is a function of poor being a poor manager. So if you have high turnover, it's not because of pay. It's because you're not a good manager. I was not a good manager. I had to really work on that. And unfortunately, as an entrepreneur, you're wearing three hats. You're a worker bee, you're a manager, and you're a leader. And it's really hard switching from one to the other in the same day, in the same week. Eventually, you want to be the leader. So you have a business right now, the one you are not focused on selling, which I find is the most interesting because I think one of the greatest mistakes entrepreneurs and business owners make is not having ready 
readily available capital when they need it. And so you are, it, it sounds like you offer something pretty unique and interesting. You, you help businesses right now get credit lines. Is that right? Well, we provide credit lines. So we're using our own money and we okay. give companies lines of credit. Um, and so this is, you know, we give you uh, a marker. We say, here's, you know, once you're approved, you get a certain amount of money that you can use whenever you, you feel you need it just like a bank line of credit. Most people don't understand is banks are not in the business of giving money to a good idea. They don't they don't they don't care. Okay? They want to see history, results and collateral. Through my 30 plus years of owning my own business, I almost always had a line of credit because like a lot of entrepreneurs have had experience, you know, there are times when you get caught short and you know missing payroll i mean it happened to me once well not that i missed it but i came close even though i had a line of credit with a bank and it was rather large and we were growing so fast that i outstripped my line of credit and i wasn't expecting it as quickly as it happened well how does how does a small uh, mid-sized company come to you and work with you and, and get a line of credit with you different than they would with a bank you have you fill out a two minute application on our website. No documents needed in for the offer letter. And once we get that information, we will send you either a denial letter, and we'll, but we'll tell you why. You know, we'll say you know, your credit score isn't acceptable because we don't run credit, but we ask you what most people know what their credit score is. If you're accept, if we believe we can help you. Then, then we will call you, we'll set up a time, we'll call you, and then we'll go through an interview. And we'll try to understand your business, we'll understand some key areas. If that goes well, then we will send you an offer. And now also in that interview, we go over you know, who we are, what it costs, all the details. It's pretty simple. If, if uh, after that's finished, we send you out the offer letter in writing. If you move forward, after that, we run credit on you, and then we uh, ask for documentation, simple documentation. So this this happens fast, right? And you know our line of credit doesn't cost anything to set up. It doesn't cost anything um, when it's not being used. The only time we do charge you is when we use it, when you use it, and you're not required to use it. Now that doesn't work that way at a bank. Okay, they have a setup fee a yearly maintenance fee, and uh, they require you to use the line. And there's also a lot of covenants. Covenants mean that you have to hit certain criteria throughout the year or they'll rescind the line. So um, I have personal experience in this. So is my business partner. And, you know, listen, if you can get approved from a bank, go for it. But if, you know, if you don't get approved for your bank, then there's alternative lenders like us that, that does this. Well, I think it's fascinating. How do people find you? Because it, so it really is a very valuable service. And I mean, I know what you're talking about. You do anything with the bank. It's a commitment of pain. Yeah. So how, how do they How do they get to you and, and alleviate some of that pain and open up some of these line of credit opportunities? So you go to financingsolutionsnow.com. Uh, again, it's financingsolutionsnow.com. And you know you can you can see information about us. We've been in business for twelve years. We're five star rated in Google reviews, 
A plus certified by the Better Business Bureau. So we're not a fly by night outfit. We've been doing this. You're dealing directly with the owners. You know, I have a very small staff. You almost always talk to me, um, and my business partner does the uh, due diligence on a deal. So we're a very small company. Um, what size lines do you guys do? So we do up to seventy five thousand dollars for first time uh, clients. And then after that, after you, if you prove yourself and you've done, you know, a good job, then we'll go higher. So, well, that's amazing. Well, please reach out to Stephen. He's got, uh, he's got a great service. I think what you're doing is fantastic, and um, I appreciate you being a part of the program and sharing your insights and sharing sharing your scaling edge. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been really valuable for us, and I appreciate you sharing uh, your personal stories too. Yeah, thank you for being uh, having me on it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Stephen. Cheers.